Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast with my dad, Matt, and his friend, James, talking about real relevant things and sharing stories. <laughs> Welcome to Not the Worst Pastors Podcast. This is James Gomez. I'm the pastor at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, and I'm here with Matt Coyne. He is the pastor at Rollins Church in Manton, Michigan. It is a gloriously rainy day today, Matt. I'm kind of miserable. I'm sad about it. 20% chance of rain over the noon hour, and it's just been rainy. Meteorologists, two thumbs down to all meteorologists. You know, I love the days. Ryan and I were just talking about this the other day. Ryan. I love I love when they say it's a 0% chance of rain as it's raining. I mean, yeah. even even the radar is showing no rain, but it is currently raining. Pathetic. And I, I just... Uh, and it happened a lot this summer here. I don't know if it did there, but there were many days. I would say probably at least 7 to 10 days, if not more, where we're like, oh, it's supposed to be a beautiful sunny day. Then it, it rains. And it usually was just like a half hour or so. But I'm like, how can you be that far off? It's trash. It's your, it's your job. Not the don't worst me. meteorologists. <laughs> Maybe we should bring one on. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I sure couldn't do it. But I mean, I just that's your job. I mean, I feel like I've talked about that with me meteorology before that, you know, if I stood up on a Sunday morning and I just said something completely false. I mean, I would get pushed out, but right. meteorologists can do it and they're fine. Talking about yeah. is, what about ventriloquists? Can they be wrong? <laughs> I don't know. We had a ventriloquist at our church this past week. Well, that is so. why I brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Stephen Forster. He, he's funny. He's uh, he, he does a good job. He's a really talented singer and uh, plays many instruments and. Uh, Brea was actually very upset because one of his old puppets uh, was making one of his puppets, who's an old lady, was making fun of me. And when I was done cleaning everything up, I came home that night and Brea is sitting on the one chair. She goes, by the way, I have a bone. She literally said, I have a bone to pick with that old lady puppet. And she started doing the pounding the fist into the other. I'm like, Brea, he was just joking. And she's like, well, I was not happy about it. that's Um, the awesomest yeah so yeah cool that's good yeah well speaking of people who are sometimes wrong let's talk a little more about politicians (laughs) i love how we've segued both paul i think two weeks ago i said speaking of crying that's (laughs) let's talk about politics and this week you say hey everything fits everything fits i mean i'm not even stretching it a little bit no not really. No. So, well, okay. So we're going to key in on this, uh, get into it here. And we've got a little bit of a continuation from previous episodes. We've been all over the place. Thank you for tracking with us. And as we take a, a mini break to cover issues of, of, of a world, uh, you know, going on in the world, mm-hmm. current events and whatnot, but we're just going to keep pressing on. You can listen to these in whatever order you wish. So we're just going to throw out content and, yeah. You know, you absorb it as you are able. So here we go. Politics. Yeah. So back to Unchristian uh, or chapter seven, Christians are too political. And I want to start off with a quote this week that I just love. A lot of times the church would take a conservative Republican stance and anyone who did not fit into that mold was judged as not 
as good as a Christian as everyone else. James, that I mean, (laughs) but it is so true. I mean, I have seen it so often. I was actually it's it's interesting. I was just talking to Stephen, who was the ventriloquist who was here as he was cleaning up. We were talking about how there's this mindset of really, if we can be honest, since 2016 has gotten worse and worse and worse, where. We talked on the last show that though I've never heard a Christian say this, they live in a way that they live as I'm a Republican who happens to be a Christian instead of I'm a Christian who happens to have political views or mm-hmm. Republican views within my political you know, view. So but y- you see this so often where <clears throat> Christians are bringing in their political ideas into the church and if you disagree with it you are looked at as not of good of a christian as somebody else that happens i mean for real i mean people do focus on on their politics but i think there's a much bigger issue in play here um i mean obviously we've talked about how people want to be want to be right Mm-hmm. But they also don't want to, given the fact that we that the church has mostly been institutionalized, we are afraid to give up control, power. We're afraid that to let people ask questions. We're afraid to let people challenge certain long-held beliefs. Um, so I think we want people, as much as we would champion maybe uh, some level of free thinking, like you can you can explore the Bible and come up with well what is God saying to you today or, or allowing the Spirit to move. Mm-hmm. All the while we're saying that we still want to put people into a particular box that we can understand, <laughs> and I think people do that with their religion. People do that with their hermeneutic. They do that with their politics. Yes. They just can't let it go. You have to fit into this. You have I think Christianity still looks like a particular way for a lot of people. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think you're right. And I think over the last again, several years since I would say 2016, that Christians have really put their politics in society ahead of scripture. And I know just a few weeks ago, a few episodes, we talked about, you know, how Christians are seen as sheltered. So I want to I, I want to look at the positive. And I hope the reason that Christians do this is they say, well, that's a way that I connect with people in the world that I don't talk about the Bible. I talk about politics and this is how I stay connected. This is how I am not sheltered. So, Matt, that's what I'm doing from a few weeks ago. But I think what has happened is Christians have actually taken it so far the other way that they now are treating their politics as biblical truth. And Mm -hmm. then what is happening when people are pushing against your politics, you are, well, I'm going to say, what do we always say? Our reactions to people who disagree with us are just as important as the message we share. And so... How do you how do you react when someone disagrees with you? You know, I literally have heard people well, and I've seen it on social media where people will call people idiots for b- 
believing something that is not part of the Republican Party. I'm going to be honest, Matt. This the, the talking about politics. It's boring to me at this point. I mean, there's a level of there's I get some level of excitement if there's if if, if I'm going to engage somebody who's going to present something different to me. So I'm, I said, to be honest before, and I'm going to be further honest, I do seek out accounts that I do not, maybe I don't align with them politically. I do, I want those, those, those viewpoints, but even those viewpoints are getting old and tired. I just, it's, it's, it's boring. It's sad. There's nothing new out there to really discuss and the argument between and about these political positions is just getting weary. Yeah. It's, I, it's blah. I cannot agree anymore. I do not like to talk about politics. So the fact that we're actually doing this on the show, I hope shows our, our viewers, our listeners that we are willing to talk about things. Even we don't want to talk about, but well, let's just I, take a nap for the next 20 minutes and just like, give it up. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it does make, uh, you said it, perfectly it makes me weary it makes me weary to hear it makes me weary when i go on facebook and i see someone bashing a politician and then the next day they're posting scripture and saying jesus loves you and i'm going wait a second that is that's not aligning with scripture you know is it okay to disagree with those in politics absolutely we need to stand on biblical truth so we stand on biblical truth, though, in grace and love, not abrasiveness. And and I will even say hate in some in some aspects of it. And so, you know, it, it is this idea that we have taken it so far that I do believe that Republican. Well, in this sort any political view, any political view can get in the way of sharing the gospel. And then it is seen mm-hmm. in this chapter, it is seen by multiple people who have said it wasn't necessarily the person's stance on scripture. It was their stance on politics that drew me or that drove me away from faith because I'm going, you know, I'm talking as one of the people surveyed. They're saying, I say, if this person is like this with politics, they clearly aren't living a different life or they clearly aren't living. I know what Jesus says, how Jesus says to live, and they're not doing that. So I believe politics actually does get in the way of effective gospel proclamation. Yeah. So I'm going to jump a little bit back to what you said, or one of us said, we both said we're agreement in agreement that we're getting, getting weary of this discussion. And it just brings to mind the, um, the Galatians passage, uh, let us mm. not grow weary of doing good. And I mean, I don't think that that passage directly applies to this, but I just it just came to mind because of the weariness part. So, but when it does come to politics and we are we're feeling beat up, we're feeling worn down by the the talking heads and the misinformation and the uncertainty, the censoring, whatever any angle that you want to take from a, from the left or the right, you can feel the same way like the, the the politics of this is just beating us down so as christians do we say we should not grow weary of uh, because of this we need to pers- keep on pursuing doing good i mean i don't think i need to be political in order to do good things in my community do i 
I mean, I don't, I don't think so. No, I think that I I, I, a church can just keep on keeping on, be the church. And you don't have to be involved in politics in order to keep accomplished, in order to continue or further the, the proclamation of the gospel, the furthering of the gospel. So maybe instead of spending our time worrying about or growing weary, finding ourselves beaten down by the the politics of the world, channel your energies into doing the good things that God has already prescribed for us as Christians. Instead of like dabbling in the things of the world, let's render those freaking things unto Caesar. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's let them have it. Let, let the government just have whatever it is. And we give to God our very best of ourselves. Yeah. I mean, and, and, yes. <laughs> it, yeah. I think that, you know, I remember in 2020 or after, in, well, yeah, 20 after the, no, no, I'm sorry. It was, yeah, it was 2020. I'm sorry. It was after the election, literally talking to people who were in tears saying, you know, I just don't know what to do and look what has happened. And I, my reaction was, what do you mean? What are you going to do? You're going to continue to live life the way that Jesus calls us to live life. You know, yes, I'm, I know you're upset that the person you wanted to win the the election didn't, but that's not going to change your every, oh, it is going to change my every day. No, it's not. As a Christian, you don't answer to this kingdom. You answer to the kingdom of, of Jesus Christ. And so therefore you now, we now have to figure out what that looks like. And I don't care who the president is. We always have to figure out what it looks like to bring glory Mm -hmm. and honor to God. And so, you know, I think as Christians, you know, 2024, one of the out uh, breakouts I attended at TGC. I don't know if you were in that one, James, but they were joking about how none of them are looking forward to 20. Yeah, I think you were with me because they were saying none of them were looking forward to 2024 as kind of a Mm. joke. And I'm like, okay. oh, how like terrible. the elections, the election yes. cycle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I went like they literally were saying, oh, yeah, none of us are looking forward to it. Uh, these are pastors saying this. Mm-hmm. So that that's the other thing to remember. Like, these are pastors saying how they're not looking forward to it because they're not looking forward to all of the disunity and all of the complaining that's going to happen. So, yep, it's I mean, I feel that I I, I feel that yeah. already. Um, I, I my congregation has a what I have been calling a high level of, of peace and harmony Mm -hmm. in it. Our voters meetings are short. Our regular monthly meetings of the board are short and not, they, they don't make me weary. They encourage me almost every time. I mean, I'm, I'm very happy with the way that things are, the way that they're responding to, to the gospel and my leadership. And that's awesome. um, That feels really good, but I can still feel and hear people saying things on the side. You know, it doesn't have to be in an official meeting. And any one person who says anything kind of just gets my dander up. I'm like, ah, just don't be that way. Don't be that person that that draws the line in the sand at uh, libertarian or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. Just whatever your political bent is. Just don't don't be that person. Let's work together on on godly. Um, Godly uh, fruits, yeah. Character. <clears throat> yes. So, yeah. So, I want to read. I don't want to, you know, 
push this topic too much, but there are a few quotes that I want to read yep. to you, James. Let's get to those. And see if what if any of these stick out to you, if you have anything else to say. So there's five, and these are from people who were surveyed. The first one, Christians don't even follow what the Bible says. Why do they try to tell everyone else how to live morally? The next one. They do not seem. Wait, to we're not going to we're not going to like dwell on any of these. Or are we just going to come back? Oh, to you them, can. Or? If you if you have something to say, stop me. If you don't, then okay. I'm going to keep going. Okay, so these are quotes from people who were surveyed. Correct. Yeah. Okay, so they may or may not be Christians. N- these were all unchristian. These were all unchristians. Okay, by how they quotes. label themselves. Correct. Yes. Right. Yep. Okay. So this first one says Christians don't even follow, follow. what the Bible says. Why do they try? to tell everyone else how to live morally. Okay, so do Christians follow what the Bible says? Well, not perfectly, and some less perfectly than others. Um, I mean, so that's a true statement, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I. So, but the, the two things are still disconnected in a way. I think that Christians don't always follow what the Bible says, so that's that's true, but why should they tell anyone how to live morally is that kind of the is that yeah what said? You know, that's what he and, and i think this falls under the hypocrisy that we talked about several weeks yep. ago you know that this person feels christians are hypocritical and how christians instead of taking oh yeah we are hypocritical of course we fall short it's more of a no that's not glorify that that's this say yeah we do fall short you're right but here's what we're trying to do to you know to do better as we talked about so yeah I mean, yeah. I think that following the biblical moral code is a good plan for society. I think that God sets that up for our benefit and well-being. Um, but I guess the second part is, do we have, our, as part of our, our role in judging other people's moral code? I mean, I don't. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think I get too excited about that unless there are already I mean, people in my church. Then I have like that that responsibility. Exactly. I mean, I tell the I tell our congregation all the time. You and I think we've talked about it on here. You can't hold biblical values onto non Christian people. You just can't. Well, we talked about it last week, where yep. I said, you know, biblical prophecy. You can't use that to defend something in the same kind of the same way that you can't use your Christian standards on non-Christian people. So, but Mm -hmm. if a non-Christian is seeing you not living up to the standards that you're preaching or that you're pushing, then that's going to come off as hypocritical is I Mm -hmm. think what this is kind of saying. So, yep. All right. Next one. Go on to the next one. Uh, They do not seem to prioritize the poor and needy in their political agenda as Jesus commands. Okay. That's, Maybe fair too, but that to me that's a question of how do we accomplish the the ministry to the poor and needy? Is it through their politics or is it through their local church? Now, for me, I don't care as much if my politicians are focused on the poor and needy. I look at that as my responsibility yes. directly. That's good. So I don't need to give taxes to that purpose if churches are doing their job we wouldn't need to give taxes toward that and have the government take care of it. Yeah. And there's so much more depth to that, but you know, we, I think sometimes maybe my help of the poor might look different than when someone else says, well, this person is hungry. Why not just give them food? Well, Mm -hmm. I do, but I also, you know, again, that book when helping hurts, I want to actually help them. 
You know, I want to help yep. them. And, and I know a non-Christian would say, no, you just want to tell them about G- Jesus. Well, I do. But if they are struggling for food, but then they're that, you know, they have an alcohol addiction. I want to try to get them to somebody who can help them with that. I'm Good. not equipped to help them, but let's try to get them actual help. Yeah. So I like that. Yeah. All right. Next. Uh, Christians do a lot of complaining about the society and how bad things are in politics, but they don't do much more than complain. The point is that you have to offer more than just an opinion. Okay, so we just basically spent the first, you know, 20 minutes of this podcast complaining, right? We did. <laughs> and we're not going to have an, uh, we're not going to have a fix, so nope, I guess we're we're called we're, out right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it, so when I first read this, I thought of the the church member and you know who this is, James, a church member who comes into your office and says, James, I don't like this, 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 and this. And then they walk out and they don't do anything. I love members who come in and go, I have an issue with this. I want to be part of the solution. How can I help? That's mm-hmm. what I like. And so that's kind of how I look at this of, you know, we have so many Christians who complain about politics and everything. And then all they do is just sit there and complain. Now, my argument is when it comes to politics, there's really not much an individual can do. And I understand people No, you can vote. Yeah, you can vote. You can voice your opinion. And I get that. But in the big scheme of things, there's not much we can do. But I do understand what this person is saying. Instead of sitting around complaining, why don't you actually be part of a solution if there is one? Mm hmm. So that's all I, I got nothing more. Yeah. On that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. All right. Next Christians. You, talk- you picked that up by my response. Yeah. <laughs> that mm-hmm. I have nothing more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yep. Mm. All right. Next uh, Christians talk about being driven by family values when they vote, but a lot of their families are in bad shape too. Hmm. Well, I mean, that might be true, but yeah. that doesn't mean that we don't aspire to something better and bigger and more awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm. I might know. I, I, there, there, we do. We know how. We know how to live a lot. We know how to do the right things. I know how to eat well. I know how to get good rest. I know what's needed. You know, a certain number of hours of sleep per night. I know that scheduling things is good and right and all that. But we we never just do everything exactly as as we're supposed to. I mean, yeah. I think. I mean, not that's not a. That's not intended to be an excuse for this, but it's kind of saying, I think we're kind of just like everybody else in that regard. Yeah. And again, I think these quotes are within, there's a lot of hypocrisy here as far as, you know, well, actually, I guess I should have read this, you know, this, one of the parts in this chapter, it says unchristian Christians are hypocrites when it comes to politics, Christ-like. In trying to solve problems in society, be vigilant about uh, our own capacity for hypocrisy. So these are within, you know, people talking about hypocrisy. But this one is especially, you know, Christians talk about being driven by family values when they vote. But a lot of their families are in bad shape, too. And I go, just like you do, James. Well, yeah, I never said mine was perfect. That's Mm -hmm. why I stand on family values, because my family (laughs) isn't perfect. And we want to see we want to see more whole families and healthy families and families that are growing together and we want all of that so you know these mm-hmm. quotes really i think are people 
this is the one section I the reason I picked these quotes to talk about is because I do feel that these are just and maybe I'm wrong, but just a sign of hurt people, hurt mm. people who took this survey, who were hurt by a very specific part of Christianity. And I don't say that to neg- to negate what these people are saying or to ch- kind of push it to the side. I'm just saying these are real feelings by people. And, you know, if you're listening, maybe you're going, wow, really? But again, these are real feelings. And so I think we need to take it seriously as Christians to say, how do we in the political sector, how do we continue to be the light of Christ in the political sector of of our life? Yeah, there's a a local guy. His name is Neil. Uh, He's a Roman Catholic guy. And uh, he encountered somebody near a a gas station, I believe. Uh, um, What do they call those? Doesn't matter. Convenience gas stores? Convenience store. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, oof. and there's a, so the guy was apparently homeless. He needed some food, whatever. And uh, the, the conversation that, that took place between Neil and this guy led him, led Neil to hear that the reason why this guy is in the situation that he's in, he felt it was because of the church neglecting certain mm-hmm. of his needs, certain things that he reached out to the church for, and there was no assistance. And I, I don't really know the rest of the story, but Neil took that very much personally. And he didn't feel like the guy was being unfair. He thought, you know, it really hurts to hear that the church did somebody wrong, Yeah, that they did him a disservice like that. And he said, we can do, we can do better. And I think if we can have that attitude in response as a church, I think we're going to actually be able to do better. It's kind of when we just want to live in denial that we won't get better, that we're always going to be perceived in all these ways, the the misconceptions. We're just never going to get out of it unless we take a good look at ourselves and say, you know what? We are this way and we ought not be, we can do better. Yeah. It's and you know I want to make sure I I say this too earlier when I went when helping hurts and I said we want to we want to make sure we're actually helping the person that's also not used as an excuse you know I think that when we go too far the other way we almost make it an excuse not to help that person mm-hmm. and sometimes we over I do I know sometimes I really overcomplicate helping someone with a physical need you know in my head I start. My rate. Well, James, you and I did this when I was in Surgeon Bay. We would text each other. I would say, Hey, did this person come to your church to ask for help? You would do so. We want to be wise about it, but also that's not overcomplicated that this person just has a physical need that us as a Christian not only are commanded to help, but we should have a passion and excitement to help them. So Mm -hmm. I, I think that that's important to know. Yep. So. Is there any more quotes that we're going to nope, show that was people it. today? That was it. Okay. Well, I think it's about time to wrap her up then. Sounds good. Sounds fine. Okay. Sounds good to me. All right. Well, we're going to call it a day for uh, for this week's of Not the Worst Pastors podcast, and we'll see you all next week. <laughs>